Let's be romantic. Convincing your manly. Let's be romantic. Convincing your manly man to try a little tenderness. Written January 12, 2016 for MadamNoir.com. First, let me start off by saying, I hate this headline, but I understand you gotta sell it. Quali, I'm sure you hated it too. We'll have that conversation at another time. You're not a romantic guy. These are the words I remember coming out of my platonic friend's mouth. Okay, those may have come out in a different order, but that was the sum of it all. I laughed and responded, you know, I've been told that a few times in my life. I didn't get it then, and I kind of don't now. I'm a nice guy, and I do nice things, but somehow I guess things get lost in translation. Unfortunately, I am not the only man walking around feeling this way. Look, I'm not the kind of guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. I'm not going to be Tupac writing poems, gazing into eyes with awe, or shed a tear while making love. That's just not me. Flowers and candy on Valentine's Day? I ain't doing that shit either. I'll do something else they won't ever forget. I jokingly continued. Wait, hold on. Wait, editor's note. I definitely didn't write these last two sentences. But I understand that they were needed to sell the rest of the article and kept the audience in mind. That's good editing. So... Here are a few things I have come up with in efforts of you understanding your man better and us all getting on this equal playing field. Oh, yo, I can't read this. Here are a few things I have come up with in efforts of you understanding your man better and us all getting on an equal playing field. While everyone is unique, the process is the same. Okay, that last sentence, I wrote that. Effort, expectations, and possibilities. I decided to do a little research and then put myself under the microscope. I asked a few of my women friends what was their idea or what do they consider romantic. The consensus was expectations and effort. Not just in a traditional sense, but knowing that a guy would cater to what they consider to be romantic beliefs to what the woman would desire. For example... If someone I was dating considers a public profession of adoration romantic, that's not how I roll per se, but I did so because I knew that meant everything to them. Another one of my friends quoted Love Jones to me. The romance is about the possibility of the thing. When people have been together for a long time, say that romance is dead, they just as you they. I don't even feel like finishing the fucking line. I hate that movie. I'll get to that at another point. I'll get to that after I finish reading all of this. I felt a way about that sappy. (laughs) I felt a way about the sappiest of black romance movies being quoted at me. I assume that's part of my issue. Effort sets the precedent for expectations and when done correctly can lead to endless possibilities. There's always something to look forward to or you'll never quite know what's next to expect. Communication. The five love languages are very real. We all give and receive love in different manners. Some feel that gift giving means that their significant other was thinking about them. 
others feel that words speak louder than actions, and so on and so forth. Everyone has needs, and even those who claim that they don't have expectations. The best place to start is actually talking this out. What have men done that were considered amazing, and what was done where others have failed? Truth be told, this in itself is what men would consider a romantic gesture. Primarily because I don't want to hear about you, no other guy you were with, but listening to each other and knowing each other's history is important. Plus, I'm looking to see for a place to start, triggers, and don't want to fail, or fail as little as possible because failing is inevitable. Owning who you are and making that work. Once again, I'm not a sappy guy. I'm a quote-unquote manly man, or for lack of a better expression, maybe alpha male is better, but I hate both of those words. Using the movie Love Jones as a reference, I'm not Darius. I own that and make it work for me. Many guys aren't. Knowing how I operate, I find it best to compromise by doing something that would mean a lot to my significant other with a personal flair that just has Chad written all over it. Ladies, don't overlook those things. There's always something new to learn. Personally, I know that my effort is second to very few people I know. Words are everything to me, yet I tend to not use them effectively, and that is where a gesture that could have been seen as a 10 comes off as a 4, which is true for many guys. So I was seeing this girl for about 6 months. I really liked her. I may have even loved her. We'll get back to that later. We were out in Lower Manhattan along with a family member of hers, and I had my daughter with me as well. She mentioned she needed to get a new bag for her laptop because she carries hers around everywhere for her profession. We ran into one she really wanted, and right as she was about to go and buy it, the check hadn't cleared, so she had to wait. I wanted her to not only have what she needed, but what she wanted and for it to come from me. I didn't have the money at the time either, so I sold all of my jewelry with the exception of the ring on my hand and the earrings in my ear. I had to be in Manhattan in the early part of the afternoon, and I had sent her a text message asking what she was up to during the day. I waited around and kept busy until she said she was free. Around 7.30 p.m., she sent me a text saying that she was getting her hair done and it had been a bad day so we should probably reschedule. I was already around the corner with this bag tied to my daughter's stroller. I walked in and said something like, I hope your day is a little better, and I handed her the bag. She lit up, and it was sweet, but it wasn't romantic. In retrospect, I'm okay with this. I operate under the real niggas do real things mantra. So saying all that I had done to get the bag would have been too much and I feel like it would have been showing off. Something used against me in an argument at another time. I told my platonic friend about this the other day and she told me the action of acknowledging her knee was sweet but had you said something along the lines of you did it because you wanted to be the one to get it would have made the difference. That's why you're not romantic. My friend then explained to me what I hadn't realized that while my gift was nice, 
What was most important to this girl were the words to go with it. As often as she counseled me through our arguments, she told me that almost everything to her came down to words. She then ended it by saying that was her key to unlocking the door of limitless possibilities. While I'm still learning, I hope women also recognize the efforts we make in our attempts to be more romantic. Damn you, Lorenz Tate. And break. Let me first start off by saying I probably didn't say damn you, Lorenz Tate. That was probably a negotiation because I probably really said fuck you, Darius or fuck you, Lorenz Tate, in which I really don't feel that way about Lorenz Tate as a person. But I kind of feel that way about Darius and Love Jones. I'll get there. Let me start off with Madame Noir. I started writing there in 2013, in which the brief part of that story is Single Dad Ventures began in 2000, August 2012. And April that year, I met a, a young lady who was a professional writer. And I was like, yo, I could do that shit. So within six months of meeting her, I wound up at Madame Noir and they was like, yo, we want you to be the dad writer and we'll pay you a little extra. Sorry, other writers, but as the black man on a woman's site, I was a commodity. And at the time, nobody, especially men of color were writing about black fatherhood. I was by myself, literally. So a few months into that, um, I wrote a review or something for Think Like a Man too, because I was broke and hungry. Every time there was an article up for grabs, I took it. Yo, I'm taking that. I'm taking it. Taking that. So I just became the person who, which my editor quality just became. Yo, I'm sending you stuff. She, she saw something in me. One day, she just asked me. She sent me a text and was like, "Have you ever had an editorial experience?" And I was like, "Nah." But she was planting this seed like, yo, you got something here. So I'm going to make you into a writer. And that's what she did. So with this one, she came back to Quali came back to me and said, the article did really well. Would you like to do this every week? And I was like, wait, write a dating and relationship column. She was like, yeah, I was like, sure. I thought that was a cool thing to do because the second semester of my junior year at Morehouse College, I changed my major to my minor, which was psychology. I had a final in the business department where I had to wear a suit. I just cut my hair like I had long hair, cut it off. And for this final, I had to shave all my facial hair. And when I looked in the mirror, I hated what I saw because I was like, this is not going to be this is not me ever, even if it is for the sake of of business I'm not compromising and I said to myself I'm going to go into marriage or couples counseling so when the opportunity came up to do this I I jumped at it because it was a chance for me to exercise the idea I came up with at 20 years old so it was an interesting experience to be writing a dating relationship column as a black man 
for a site that got heavy traffic and their audience was almost completely black women. So I went into things with this mindset and it's still a mindset I live my life by across the board. If a, if a wise man knows nothing, I don't know shit. When I would write, the voice that I wrote was, hey, black women who have let me into your space. I am a guy. On my best day, I'm still clueless about y'all, but I got some experiences, so I know a little something. And even if you don't fuck with what I have to say, I'm sure you'll find some insight in it because whether it's your son, husband, boyfriend, dad, grandfather, nephew, platonic friend, work husband, you know, someone that you care about who thinks the way that I do. So as someone with a twin sister who spent his life having to communicate with a black woman his age or what have you, or at that point, widowed and a single father, like communicating to this audience is something I probably have a little more of an edge in than most. And this really helped me fine tune how to do that and keep a woman's voice, especially a woman of color's voice and personality in mind and how I communicate. That's a plus. There are days where I don't care, but nonetheless. <clears throat> so I had this brain trust that I ran everything by. It was my friend, Christina, who's one of my favorite people in the world. We went to college together. We worked at a few places together in New York. We're both Sages. I was widowed. She was divorced. So we just have always clicked. Almost every article I've ever done in Madame Noir for all those years, I ran it by her and we talked some of it out. The second is Natrina, who... A lot of this conversation that I wrote about here, she was the person who told me Love Jones, in which I still feel a way about it, but it worked out and was good for business. And then there was Kia, who I met through an interview for an article on Madame Noir. And after we did the interview, we just talked on the phone for like two hours and just clicked. And I love her. So to the three of y'all, y'all better listen to this shit, share it and all of that, because here are your flowers. Um, Do I agree with a lot of the sentiment of this article? Yes. First of all, it was difficult to read because it breaks all of my current codes of how I write. I'll never use words or it's very rare. I use words that end in ing. Lee that but you'll never see those you if you see those words in my writing it's there intentionally or I spent so long trying to figure out another way to word it that I said fuck it <clears throat> every time um love Jones let me just say, I think it is a beautiful movie. Style, it is style across the board. If you want to know, or would, if somebody would like to wonder what was blackness in the mid-90s, Love Jones sums it up perfectly, all the way down to the poetry slams 
and the silly hairstyles, which I'm sure everybody then is like, God, what were we thinking? But at 35 years old, hell, at, let's see, whenever I wrote that, 30, somewhere between 28 and 30, was like, yo, this is some bullshit. And I'll explain why. <clears throat> First of all, Darius and Nina, which I'll probably just call them Lorenz Tate and Nia, both of them had everything coming to them in that movie for being so fucking stupid. Darius had everything coming to him just for reading that fucking poem to try to get her attention. Like, that was stupid. You deserved all the shit that happened to you after that. Nina, I was about to say Nina Long. Yes, Nina Long deserved everything she had coming to her too because she was being stupid as well. And so was her friend. Well, my fiance is saying he wants me to come to New York for a while. And I don't know if I should. And her friend gives her some very poignant and brilliant advice. You should tell Darius. And if he gets mad, you shouldn't go. But if he plays it off and he's cool and he's not mad, then you should go. Dumb fucking advice. That's some shit you would say in your early 20s or your 20s at all and think, hmm, this is a great idea. It's not. So Nina Long goes and tells Darius this shit and he does what anybody would do. He plays it cool because of like, yo, I don't know you well enough to feel a way about this. And this is just something that's in the beginning. So what can I say or do because Nina Long is taking her stupid friend's advice she does and then has the nerve to feel away when this nigga don't want to speak to her when she comes back or starts feeling away because he's somewhere else reading dumbass poems to that girl or they're in a lot I don't remember it was a library or bookstore some real 90s shit that's where they were and she had it coming. But the truth of the matter is the movie could have been 15 minutes long. Even in all of those mistakes, all the two of them had to do was say, I like you. I like you too. Let's see where this goes. Sure. It wouldn't have been as fly of a movie, but. And I think that's because we all kind of just wish things weren't so complicated. The older we get, shit gets complicated and we have baggage, which brings us back to this preface of romance. I'm quite a romantic guy. More often than not, I just didn't feel like being it or just on an unconscious level. None of these people that I were dealing, I was dealing with at the time Sure, they were deserving of nice gestures, but not romance, because honestly, I know my worth. And if I'm this kind of guy where I'm doing shit like buying a bag like that and I'm doing that, You got to earn the fly shit. I don't feel bad for saying that, but somewhere along the lines and looking at these things in retrospect, somehow or another. The women who were involved probably sensed this as well. 
because even if I do something nice, I didn't go all the way there, which would have progressed the feelings. What I have to say is not an indictment against the movie Love Jones or people in their 20s. Something that I often say to those that I know or friends on the cusp of 30 or on the other side, I say, yo, it gets better on the other side of 30. First half of your 20s, if they don't trust you to rent a car, that says a lot about your mindset. You're still living in this place of idealisms or whatever the word is. The second half of your 20s is when you begin to rectify the world has been the way that it's been long before I got here. It's going to be that way long after I'm gone. And in the grand scheme of things, I'm here for a really short amount of time and I got to get shit together. You start seeing the world as black and white instead of all the grays and hues and everything in between. And by the time you hit 30, that's when you come to some kind of resolve about it all. And that way, when you start, you have a different kind of experience. You have a decade of adult experience behind you, like real, real world experience, you know, half living in this matrix, half on your way out. And you just hit a stride in which you calculate how you do things, even when you do the dumb shit. Then, or as my therapist said, after that, you know, your thir- your 40s and 50s is when you learn nobody gives a fuck. For me, given the experiences that I've been through, I learned it at 25. And I found that freeing. Is it a lot like being sober while everybody is drunk at a party? Absolutely. But at the same time, that way has fueled how I deal with time and who and how and what I think people are worth. Including you guys who were listening to this. So since I've been going on for a long time, fake existential ending. And until next week, as scary as it may feel, often the start to answering life's questions requires a look in the mirror. Until next time, be blessed. Read it because I wrote it. It's written, directed, produced, edited by me. The music, that's by me too. <laughs>